ladies, gentlemen, poops in between, welcome one and welcome all to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. It's episode 120, folks. Uh, one plus two plus zero equals three. That's good because that's how many people we've got on today's show. It's the original trifecta. All due respect, all due love to Mac Johnson, the celebrity. But we got the originals today. Uh, Mac's on the bench. That's okay because he couldn't record anyway, according to his WhatsApp message. Um, yeah. I, I bet mean, he could. Do we believe so him? sad that we benched yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> True. He's he's putting in a transfer request like now. The player gets told they're going to be on the bench and they pretend they're injured because they want to be embarrassed. <laughs> on the bench. Yeah, been there. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, 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 let's introduce the, the two originals then, shall we? First and foremost... The man formerly known as the lovely London local lad, the bumptious Brighton boy, Alfie Koshaw in the cut. Alfie, what's up? What are you saying, lads? Yeah, yeah, I'm decent. I'm decent after a, what was a truly glorious day. Um, we'll get into the uh, the details of it, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll rec- recount, recount, mm. recite, um, Ref- relive, retard. <laughs> retard yeah my retard, my yeah. my um Works. account of the day um because it was it was brilliant but yeah i'm i'm nice. hoping this audio will be better than i don't know if any i mean some of the avid listeners uh shout james god and and co our pay warrior and that um may <laughs> have realized that my audio has been terrible in recent weeks for some reason my mic's been playing up i'm hoping that is not the case um be quite funny if it does turn out to the case and you're just listening to this with my terrible audio <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, Hopefully we saying, not. Daniel. Not much, just the intro. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it too much, Alfredo. You are. We were saying on the PPC pre-pod call. It's fine to you. You may not say that um, without giving me some form of commission. We were saying before you are very meticulous. Um, so I bet nobody yeah, else ever it was noticed. noticeable, and it was like frustrating. No, you could definitely notice that it was worse, particularly when it was with Mac and Rob, who have like. Good old. Uh, I've got that. Mics. No offense, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, you're, it's okay. My, hey, I've had this $25 mic for three years and I'm supposed to have a new one, but Amazon uh, screwed up my order. So shout out to them. Absolute twats. Absolute Jeff. twats. Jeff. Fucking Jeff. Yeah. Just wants to sabotage. He's scared that we're going to start making yeah. more money than him. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Right. You're right. Uh, the other voice you already heard is the man, the myth, the legend with the versatile name, Rob Bob Bert, Bertha. Alfie called him Bobbert. That's nice. Um, <laughs> but I personally prefer to call him... Oh, it's been fun. It's been fun. Katrina Pate. That's two eyes <laughs> in Katrina. That's that a, uh, a act- name? It must uh, be a male name. Two eyes. <laughs> I don't know where that's in from. In a row. Yeah, two eyes in a row, like my face. Uh, two eyes in a row. I bet it's pronounced something else. It's like Katrina. Well, Katrina's a uh, terrible hurricane that killed thousands of people here in the United <laughs> States. So let's hope that Rob doesn't do the same this episode. <laughs> um, this kidding. Not that many Actually, people no, listen. Someone called, called Katarina. Katarina. It's quite similar. Yes. Yeah. It's Rob. Um, versatile man, Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, how are you today? How are we doing, guys? I am uh, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm 
as as like Alfie, unfortunately, I, I couldn't make it to the game, but I'm pretty elated after after the victory, mm. and um, it, it's just quite wholesome to be to be back as a three. You know, we all we all love Mac somewhat, but um, it, it it's 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 nice to be here, uh, just just like old times, and uh, looking forward to sinking our teeth into some some Arsenal action today. Yes, from deflated yeah, yeah. to elated. That sounds like a headline. Um, oh, yeah. So I guess let's get right into it, shall we? Um, Alfie, I'll come to you first, my friend. Look, it was, yeah. uh, you know, it's been about 600 years since we recorded our last uh, episode. Well, you guys did one, but I haven't been around since 1843. Um, <laughs> we were crap there for a while. We lost three on the trot. These matches, these previous two, Chelsea, who you've already covered, and then uh, you know United, these were going to be the more tricky fixtures. But then, of course, Arsenal is going to Arsenal, and we go and we win these ones, right? Um, walk me through how you're feeling about beating, you know, these two bitter rivals, um, in, in one week. Yeah, I think this was more tricky than. Um then it had to be in a way. Um, I know you say, you know, this was meant to, the, the Chelsea and United games we made seem less tricky. And I know we, we, we ended up winning them compared, but I think like Southampton game, we absolutely dominated them um, and just c- couldn't get the goal. And we ended up losing that game. This game was, we'll get into the details and stuff, but it was not, it was far from comfortable. There was oh, definitely, yeah. it was quite comfortable as soon as holding came on, obviously. Three five two or sorry five three two, it was you know it was comfortable from there on in, um, and sort of after I think the Shaka goal killed it. But before that, mm. it was it was a very ropey period between the start of the second half and our scoring that third goal, where we were really on the ropes and it was very tense inside the stadium, very nerve wracking. Um, but we saw it through, and that Shaka goal killed the game, and we got mm. the three points. So. Yeah, I'm delighted. I do think we couldn't really gauge. I know, I think if you look at the stats, it was all pretty even in this game, like shots, um, shots on target, um, XG, uh, like stuff like field tilt, which um, shout Scott Willis, uh, oh, that crab on Twitter. He does that stat. All the stats made it look like quite an even game. Mm-hmm. I do think it what we couldn't necessarily grasp a real indication of that because of the timing of our first goal and it meant they were chasing it. So the game state was very much lopsided in their favour. And I think if if we hadn't scored two minutes in, I think we would have probably dominated the early stages until we did eventually get a goal. But it did look like we, we you know, getting an early goal, we didn't really know what to do. And it mm. sort of affected our game plan a bit after that. Um, and protecting the lead was, yeah, it was... it. it we didn't really know. We did. It didn't look like we prepared for that game state because we no. haven't had it very often of late. So, yeah, delighted though. And it's back on. I'd say we're back mm. in the driving seat for top four now. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at what happened to, to West Ham today, uh, we were saying in the group chat, you know, Dawson with a red card, and they're probably going to rotate mm. a lot anyway because all of their eggs are, and in my opinion, should be in that Europa League basket. Um, you know, you got three, three more matches. If you win the three of them, you're in the freaking Champions League, and they ain't going to get in the Champions League probably from the, from the league. So I think they're they're doing the right thing. Oh, definitely um, not. Yeah. So I mean, anything could happen in football, but it's like, mm. you know, I, I I definitely think that's really going to benefit us. Um, 
But anyway, that's yeah. that's well, just a word on yeah. Just a word on that um, Dawson red card. They were today because yeah, obviously all their centre backs are going to be out now, <laughs> which is quite funny. They sort of adapted to having one centre back by basically playing Johnson um, right. They switched their back three: Johnson right centre back, Cresswell left centre back, and Dawson the centre centre back. That is kind of like us going Tommy Asu White Tierney back three, like using our full backs who can sort of play as centre back. Mm. in a three all in that three mm. and then imagine you take Y out of that and we have to oh. switch to back four and play Tomiyasu Tierney centre back partnership that's basically what they may have to do next week unless they drop Declan Rice in there or but that means bringing in 70 year old Mark Noble um, <laughs> but, but he or, sweeps the dressing room unless they bring room. in Alfie. some random youngster he, yeah. he sweeps the dressing room though Mark Noble <laughs> and, you, and you've got to remember God. as well then, then they've it's between their two Europa League legs, so they might not even want to use a player yeah, like Declan exactly. Rice. Um, so it seems like all the chips are on our side, really, for this one. Oh yeah, I would agree, and and that's how we could still fuck it up <laughs> because Rob, we're delighted to get the win against United. We hate United. Uh, Alfie was saying, along with Spurs. Chelsea is the side that he hates the most. I'll be honest, along with Spurs, United is the team that I hate the most. I can't stand no, that team. No. Come on, as I a mean, human yeah. being, it's got to be Chelsea. Yeah, I, I hate Chelsea. Chelsea. Every it's always nice I hate Chelsea's existence. Derby, true. That is true. <laughs> but I just, with United, I, I can't stand the way that it's just, they've got this strange... Um, tendency to just be superiority complex well they've got a superiority complex as well but i'm talking about just even on the pitch which they've got one of those on the pitch as well but like they just will be fucking crap the whole game and then they'll win anyway you know just out of nowhere and it just really irritates me um feels like spurs for me a lot of the time when that happens i feel like spurs and united both do that quite frequently um, and Arsenal, we've never really figured out how to do that. You know, when we win, it's usually just because we're good. Um, and when we lose, it's mm. because we were bad. Maybe we need to take a take a take a look at their quiz and copy some of those answers. But anyway, Rob, we we weren't very good. I mean, there's no mm. no two ways around it. We got the three goals and you know the three points, which is all that matters in the end. But are you concerned at all with the manner of the performance that we that we had at home? Um. Perhaps uh, a tad. I think um, it's it's about uh, it's just about the results now. At this point, it's what we've been really mm. calling for 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 a few weeks. That we you know sort of disregard the the four three three, which I know was very successful for a few uh, a good few weeks, good few months even. Uh, but you know we, we've reverted to a system which is better suited to the personnel that we've got available to us at the moment, which is involved bringing Al Nenny in. Uh, which, you know, it looks like it's really paying off. Um, And, Mm. yeah, I'll just go back to that first point. It's all about winning matches at the moment. So um, it it doesn't really concern me too much. I also think uh, in terms of the attacking display, it was a really good display. Uh, We had some really good moments of sustained pressure. Uh, So, yeah, I'm not too concerned, and especially with Tommy Asu back, back to fitness now, hopefully able to play next week against West Ham. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling confident heading into the last few weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I said on Twitter a few weeks back, it's, you know, I don't really give a shit about performances. I think it was against Southampton, if I'm not mistaken, when Arteta was like, oh, we were the superior team, all this, the other, you know, yeah, and it's like, I don't off. really care. 
You know, like we See, need. I I win. disagree with that. Really, at this stage of the I season, disagree. yeah. Right now, well, no. Obviously, the, the you want the you want the result. Like, obviously, that is the most important thing. But I, what I'm saying is, and I said this um, in the last podcast, right at the end. Actually, I think I said the reason I think the performances matter is. Even okay, well, not even like performances, but the metrics because sometimes the metrics can like look better than the performances felt, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think we've all experienced that. I think the thing about it is, even though we were poor against Brighton and um Southampton, like the metrics and all the stats had us in favor of, of like being the better team, and if we'd taken our chances, we would have won those games, even if we didn't feel like we played that well. Um, even to the Palace game to some extent, although not quite the same. Um, but like, even if the performances feel bad, the met- but the metrics are good, that would suggest that this these run of fixtures will, you know, it won't you won't keep getting these poor results, and the fixture the results will come actually. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in the last two games because the metrics have been kind of similar to those other three games. But the ball has been dropping for us. For example, Shaka scored a worldie. Just like Nwepu scored a worldie for for Brighton. Normally, neither of those goals happen. You know, we have long shots every game which don't go in. Um, But the thing is that I was going to compare it to Spurs, who have had two terrible results like we had in those three results in their last two games. But they have been, their metrics have been terrible and they've played terribly. And that suggests, you know, there's a problem at Spurs and their results aren't going to get better yeah. in these games. Good um, point. Yeah, good whereas point. for us, they have got better. So I, I, I completely agree, obviously. Like, if we win a game and don't play well, I don't give a shit at this point. Like, we just need the points. But, mm. you know, I think the performances are still important in that if you're playing poorly, but you still have, like, decent performance, it will suggest yeah. that you're. it's not an, a, a damaged... Like, there's no damage in the actual system of, and then the way the play, team is playing. I don't know if you, if you get what I mean. The management yeah, is, I is yeah. solid. The, the personnel is giving the management issues, essentially. Yeah, yeah I, I, and, I would I would agree with you, Alfie. Obviously, it's, it's a different story if we're, we're really playing like we did, you know, earlier on in the Arteta tenure when we're just completely sitting back and then, you know, you get a few, of, you know, like 0.2 XG in the whole game or something, but you, you manage to grab a win. Um, but uh, you know, you know what I'm getting at. Even if it's not, no, obviously, I'd rather play terribly and win yeah. every game from now than play well and not get the results to get us into top four. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, because, and to sort of like right, the it... trends do look like they're catching up mm. to Spurs, which mm. you know. But we didn't, we didn't play yeah. poorly in this no, game. I don't no, think. no, no. That's what I said. I think going forward, especially on the ball, we were very good, just very vulnerable at the mm. back. That was an Alfie. I love. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I guess while your spit guard's still hot, bingo. Um, mm. Is that concerning you at all? I think it looks a lot like our entire defensive unit, goalkeeper included. Obviously, we've had an injury there, and, and Kieran Tierney, and then Tommy Asu's been out forever. Um, does it concern you at all that our defense is starting to look? It's. It just looks like they could be got at more now. You know. I think. Um, a lot of that is down to the fullbacks we've had available. Mm. I think in this game, we'll talk about it more um, when we get into like individual moments and more of the tactics and stuff. But I think the fullbacks 
are an issue. Like we've been out with off, we've been without our first choice fullbacks, um, and a lot of the threat is coming from those wide positions. I think first half Sancho really threatened Cedric a lot. I think second half the first sort of. 15, 20 minutes, Tavares looked very shaky, kept giving the ball away in, oh, yeah. in, in poor positions. And some of his positional play is, is worrying. Um, and I think, you know, that is, yeah, it's a symptom of, of losing your two best fullbacks. Now we've got Tommy Asu back. That concern um, is definitely significantly um, reduced. But I think we were also talking on the, the last podcast how Tavares was not a problem defensively against Chelsea, aside from the second goal, Aspilicueta. And I think that was largely because we, again, we spoke about this with White playing as a right back, which allowed him to be used more where he's at his best, where we did see some good things from him in this game as well as a sort of an advanced outlet instead mm. of being more focused on the defensive thing. And I think Tommy Asu will help Tavares in that way because it will complement him much better. Um, than Cedric does and did in this game. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't think, like, against Chelsea, we were pretty decent defensively, aside from maybe a little chaotic period in the first half. Like, it was it was good. Southampton, like, they had nothing. Like, it was basically nothing. Brighton, it was... Again, there, there are, like, small mistakes coming in from certain players. I agree with the goalkeepers. Had a bit of a dip in form. We covered that as well in, in the Chelsea game. I actually thought in this game... I guess, again, we'll talk about the goal in a minute, but he he made two brilliant saves. Yeah, much um, I think his distribution was better, so I'm, I'm not too too worried about that. Yeah, me either. And you know, Ramsdale's super young, and there this this is the fact of the matter with him and the rest of the defense too is the fact that mistakes are going to come in. Um, Rob, there's a guy back there at the moment though, um, Alfie Touch on our fullbacks who. He almost plays like, <laughs> that sounds so mean, but like a mistake almost, you know, and it's, it's uh, Nuno and Cedric really, but I think Nuno is the more comical one um, because Cedric is just depressing. Um, Cedric had some comical moments in that game. The one I'm thinking of is the Ramsdale save oh from the tele shot. Like and then out. he's got about 10 minutes to... to Oh, no, and just just, what is that? And they just, yeah. Taps it up He just panicked. That was like coming at the end yeah. of a period where he'd been all over the place. Yeah, and uh, but with Cedric, I feel like it's depressing because there's no hope. You know, with Nuno, <laughs> it's like he's, he's young, so he could like, you know, just kind of brush it up. And uh, he's very much a diamond in the rough. I think he's got yeah. a lot of potential. He's a phenomenal athlete, mm. you know. Um, but... Man, oh man. I mean, Rob Nuno scoring against Manchester United. I mean, what the hell is going on? Let's talk about the goal a little because I think that's really the only um, other part of Nuno's performance that we maybe do want to um, re, re revisit. You know, um, the rest of <laughs> yeah. it was just. I mean, uh, Alfie, I'm, I was telling Rob, and it was, and I was. Mm. I was telling Rob in the PPC elf that um, my Fitbit's Frolic that's late as hell is going to be called the Tavares Slash. Um, I have to talk about that <laughs> crazy, um, that crazy just kick to nothing that he does like three times a game. I don't even know how to describe yeah. it. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Rob, I'll, we'll, we'll take turns walking through the goals. You walk me through that first one, Nuno. 
Yeah, well, the, the ball actually um, sort of started out on, on his side of the pitch. He was combining with uh, Shaka and Smith-Rowe, I think. And then, um, yeah, he, I think he laid it back to Shaka, and um, who played in a decent little cross, which somehow evaded both Varane and Delo. I, I don't know what Varane was doing. He was being god-awful for Manchester United. Was it not, Was it Tellez? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Tellez at the back stick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the ball just seemed to get past both of them. Saka then cut in and had a really good effort, which I thought De Gea dealt with really poorly. Um, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Um, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, he just... Uh, you just... So my first instinct, instinct in the stadium with it at the other end was, oh, great save. No, I think he could have done a lot better with that. I think he maybe... It didn't have the most pace on it, Saka shot. I think he could have adjusted mm. a bit and got over quicker and really palmed it away. Um but, you know, good anticip- anticipatory work from um, Nuno, who, you know, could have switched off after he played his part in the build-up. Uh, but, yeah, he got himself into a goal-scoring position. I talked about that in the last podcast, actually, how that is something that he could really work on just with his build and his genuine like threat on a football pitch. He, I think he can add goals to his game. So it, it was nice to see him notch. And um, I was saying in the moment uh, to you, before the pod that in the, in the PPC, um, that it, it felt like a bit of poetic justice after what's been a really tough few weeks, but then it proceeded to be, you know, just a, such a juxtaposing performance from him. It was it was it was quite special to watch actually. Um, mm, but yeah. yeah, really really impressive goal, and um, yeah, nice to see us score early. I was a shame that we, uh, as Alfie touched on, that we we looked a bit lost there afterwards. It would have been nice if we recreated that game of a few years ago where we just completely killed United. Oh, that was one of my favorite Arsenal games ever. <laughs> yeah, it was excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, Walcott. Yeah, well, I don't think we're that team quite yet. Um, so, no. um, but, but good to see us score early for once. Well, um, yeah, Alf, like you said then, for that stretch up until the second goal, um, which was a bit of a doozy, we'll walk through that one. Um we just couldn't really we couldn't really figure out what to do next. You know, we looked a little bit lost and confused and like we didn't know how to get the ball. To walk around like a goal. dog. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just some of the, the fullbacks at the moment, the fullback situation is really not great, but you know, it, it is what it is. We mm. we tried to make the signings and uh you know, that, that's just that's just how it happens sometimes. The season's a long long stretch and players are going to get injured and you got to take what you can get, man. And, uh, we eventually off, we did find our way to the goal again. We, you know, at about the half hour mark or so. And, uh, I thought it looked like in got another goal. It would have been three goals and two against Chelsea and United. That would be something huh? for a guy that we were like, yeah, fuck, fuck this guy, get him out. Martinelli in there. But, you know, despite the goal not being his, I was really impressed with Nketiah's performance on the night. And he just does bring so much more on to the, the table. On the day, on the... I do, I do. I t- I, you know what it is? Okay, hear me out. Hear the, hear, the, hear the American out. We don't have sporting events during the day, but for a ve- very rarely, you fuckers in England are like, Oh, it's 10 a.m. Let's have a game. You know, it's like, Jesus. Well, 1230. That's fucking early. We're still fucking asleep at that time here in the States. It means you get, you get, it is early, but it means you get, um, like fixtures spread across. Yeah. It's all about the TV too. Yeah. 
Liverpool yeah, have scored. Is, yeah. But um, oh. and a word on that, it meant I had to get to the pub um, at <laughs> quarter to uh, midday. Oh, early oh God. 11.45 pint. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah. That'll sit in your well. Yeah, I had to... I basically got up, had a shower, left, and had a went pint. to the pub, um, had a pint, had a half pint at half time because it wasn't enough time time for a full pint. Very enough. And then after the game, went straight to the pub. Um, and, and it was about four thirty when me and my mate decided to leave the pub uh, and go and get a meal deal and finally eat, and then go back to the pub to watch the Spurs game. Nice. So oh, yeah, I bet you enjoyed that. That was mental. Too. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Then oh, I, I just want to. Sp- yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I just want to speak briefly before I talk about the second goal on the fullback thing. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think they were really targeting that. Mm-hmm. I think you looked at the the run they tried to get. Um, because we know Tavares, there's a little bit of a lack of focus. Um, when there's runners running into up behind him diagonally, and they sort of targeted that. They tried to get Alanga sort of running in behind him and it worked quite early. I think they had a chance not long after we scored where he went through and Ramsdale's positioning was really weird, but he got away with it because it was quite a poor shot from Alanga mm. um, and he kept it out. But Ramsdale was like showing him a massive part of the goal. I don't know. That was quite weird. Um, yeah. And then they're also on the other side, they were trying to get Sancho, give it to Sancho to his feet instead of behind and just run at Cedric. <laughs> and there was quite a few heart attack moments in that first half with those two. But I think centrally, we, we dealt with Fernandez and Ronaldo pretty well. Yeah. It's just out wide with our fullbacks where they were mm. yeah, threatening us. And as I said earlier, it did look like we we sort of didn't know what to do in that game state, in that position. Like such an early goal, what do we do now? We're not used to scoring early. Um and United's yeah, we let them come back into it. For but sure. The yeah, we got that goal. Um we had a f- nice moment before that with uh, the Odegaard flick oh, yeah. to Enketia. Wow which was beautiful. Great touch. I thought Odegaard was very good on the day. Um, and yeah, it, it, that moment in the stadium when like, we all thought it was a goal and then the the refs go into VAR and I was like, it's going to be a penalty. Like, it, we, we could, I could see it from the other end. They'd been fouled. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Well, was, yeah, it was glorious. I mean, in fairness, Alfie, we have just been burned so many times. You know, yeah. and mm. you just understand why people are shaking, you know, when they when they see our goal got temporarily taken away. And Bukayo Saka, though, two penalties in two games. So, I mean, I'm happy for the guy. But yeah. I don't really care to talk about the penalty, to be honest with you. It was a good call yeah. from a referee, which which is kind of a dime a dozen. Um, but <laughs> so, maybe, yeah, maybe we should talk about that. But we're not. We, we talk about refs too much. I don't care. I want to talk about the Mikel Arteta. Definite penalty. I want to talk about Arteta's theatrics on the sideline. I I mean, I love it. He's become such a villain. I love it. We, we, Alfie, we just. Did you see Skulls crying? (laughs) Ah, he's a disgrace. Good. (laughs) You know what, man? Disgrace. We are the the only club in the top six over the past like decade that hasn't been doing that shit. And it's about time we fucking start to become a little bit villainous ourselves because that's the only way you get any sort of success in the Premier League. So I love to see it personally. Um, yeah, he's just being a total. Oh, bastard. the irony of the irony of a former Manchester United player under the Fergie era 
saying we're a disgrace for something <laughs> like that. Some the dark arts that that team was famous for is just mental. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Like th- look what your manager did at times, fucking paying refs when the, no reason, no wonder you scored about four hundred goals <laughs> about eight minutes after the game should have finished. Oh yeah, Fergie time. I've never liked skulls to be honest. Only ginger I don't like. Alfie, that's why I am like, dude. Oh, besides myself, I hate myself. Um, that's why I don't like United, man, because they're just. A gross club, dude. I don't. Ugh, I just hate them so much. But yeah, whatever. Uh, I also hate Ronaldo, um, who scored their their one goal. Alfie, what did we what do we do wrong? Um, I think there's a few errors. Mm. Firstly, we don't close Nemanja Matic down quick enough. Um, which, by the way, is quite funny. Um, a few comments on United squad at the moment that they're heading into a big game in 2022 with a pivot of McTominay and Matic. Um, Don't get me, Matic was a great player, but it's 2022. Um, And I just find it absolutely mental they have not addressed that midfield issue when it's been so blatant for like three or four years now. It's like us with our Um, striker thing a few years ago, though, so we can't say much. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, And even us, when we refused to sign a creative midfielder that summer, last summer, we um, yeah. Yeah. Well, not last summer, the summer yeah. before. Uh, yeah. We, we, and, and also just another thing about them. Um, like, you know, your squad is finished when you're bringing on Jesse Lingard and Juan Mata to turn around a big game in 2022. <laughs> um, Juan Mata looked like he couldn't move, but. I cannot yeah, believe Juan funny, Mata but, is even still a thing. That's just insane to me. Yeah. He's so slow. Oh, he. <laughs> He was, it was almost comical when he came on. Like people around me were like laughing. <laughs> that club yeah. has died and I am very happy. Well, yeah, they need a big rebuild. I bet he's I still on like do. 100 anyway, a week as well. That's the thing. I think he is. <laughs> most definitely. Literally. I think he's on more than that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we don't close Matic down. Ronaldo is very weird um, from Gabriel and Tavares. They sort of just leave the ball to yeah. fall into that area. Gabriel is a little bit of miscommunication. Sometimes. I like him, but he can be very odd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the ball just sort of drops in there. They both just sort of stop and stop moving for it and just allow Ronaldo to get in there and tap it home. Um, maybe they felt, felt sorry for him after the <laughs> the tragic week he had and thought we'll give him a goal. Um, but Ramsdale, I think, could be more assertive there yeah. as well. He sort of half comes mm. and half doesn't, which is like confusing. Does and maybe that's what Tavares well. and... Gabriel were thinking, yeah, maybe they thought, you know, he's um, he's going to come for it, so they sort of stopped. It was it was a bit of a, a mess and such a soft goal to concede. I was quite frustrated. All is forgiven. Quite for, frustrated uh, to see Ronaldo score. Yeah, all yeah, is forgiven yeah. for Ramsdale's reaction to. Fernandes there was the um, all is forgiven. Yeah, yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> there was a. It was quite um. Uh, he got the seventh minute applause. Um. And it was a tragic thing that happened to Ronaldo. Mm. Uh, I was sort of clapping for the baby itself and not for him. I find it kind of hard to clap for someone. I'm not going to bring up the allegations again. Um, <laughs> this is not the podcast for that. Um, God. But I find it found it hard to clap for him um, on a personal level. But he was obviously clapping for his family and, and his, his baby. So that was sad. But I, I've got to say, I sort of pioneered 
well, in this specific stadium, in this game, pioneered the uh, soon <laughs> every time he, he did something shit. <laughs> I, so he, they weren't doing it early on. And then he did something really shit. I can't remember. He like ran the ball out of play or something. And I went, Sue! And then the whole like the whole North Bank went, Sue! <laughs> then it became a thing the whole game. Every time he did something shit. That's he did it at Old Trafford. So I was like, bringing it back up. Um, but yeah. And then the Tomiyasu, when he fouled Tomiyasu right at the end, it was like the biggest, Sue! Yeah. And you could tell he was pissed off. It was good. Yeah. That is like the cringiest yeah. thing Inject ever. it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, also, before we get into... Uh, but before we get into Xhaka's goal, that probably should have been disallowed. Um, no. I want to say this. No. I want to say this. Juan Mata is apparently on 160 grand a week. Oh my god! <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> that is oh, amazing. That club man is too funny. <laughs> but I mean, like, <laughs> it's probably I mean, like we 70. were paying William something. Insane. It's nice it's only like 33. He's just still. declined awfully. Yeah, we have moved past that. Yeah, yeah. Period of like banter, wages, and stuff. Now, though, our wage structure is actually pretty, um, you know, reasonable now. So Mostly. we can laugh at them, yeah. which is abyss. Their their wage structure is abysmal. It's the fact that he's been at United since 2014, which is eight years. And he's never been as good there than he, as he was at as, at Chelsea. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Ah, good. Years. Long may it continue. Long may their terrible recruitment continue. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just love to see. I honestly, I mean, I hate United so much that I love to see them lose and cry almost as much as I love to see us win. I despise Manchester United. I was like, uh, Michael Jordan has a famous quote. He's like, I don't want to just win. I want you to lose. And that's how I feel against Manchester United every time we play against them. You know? I actually, a little word on the Manchester United hate. Um, And this is what, so I went to the game with a guy from my uni um, who is from the Caribbean. Oh man, like Gary. And he was saying, yeah, Gara. Yeah, Rob knows. That was um, like a year ago today, the protest, or a year ago yesterday, or something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 That's when, when you met Gara. Oh, what a guy. The legend. <laughs> anyway, he was talking about the hatred for Manchester United. Um, and it's it was it made a good point, which is something I've noticed. It does feel like it's sort of, it's the overseas fans. Like, obviously, I hate Man United, but... For for the overseas fans, it's like more pronounced. Um, like it, like United is almost as as hatred as Spurs. Um, for for overseas fans, and he said it's it like part of it is all these overseas fans like they they grow up and they're sort of surrounded by loads of United fans. Yes, yeah, but obviously yeah. I I knew quite a few United fans as well. But it's like everyone's United, um, or Barcelona or Real Madrid. That's what he said on his island in in the Caribbean. Um, it just makes you hate them more. Whereas in the UK, obviously we have some... But growing up in London, we had quite a few Glory Hunter yeah. United fans, but it was just sort of... You could just sort of, you know, write them off. Like, they weren't... They didn't mean much because they were just like, why the fuck are you a United fan yeah. from London? Um, whereas with the overseas fans, you've got like, yeah, the 
surrounded by these these United fans who I can imagine are probably quite jarring. That's, Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah in the UK, it's like as well, Chelsea. Like, we oh, all we all despise Chelsea. They always have some awful excuse. <laughs> no, that's that, that like I I know quite a few of literally no links. But oh, really? it's like here it's more like Chelsea is like the passionate hatred. Like a lot of the UK fans have a hatred for Chelsea for a lot of reasons, which I won't get into in this podcast because we're gonna we're talking about the Arsenal United game. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I'd point that out. It's an interesting dynamic I've I've noticed, which Gaurav pointed out yeah. to me yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and he's right, and that's because Chelsea are racist. And, um, <laughs> and we're getting a lot more uh, Chelsea fans here in the States, though, now that Pulisic is playing there. Um, oh, yeah, cool. So mm. I'll start hating them even more uh, soon come. You know, actually, Rob, I almost forgot, though. <laughs> Something beautiful happened, and it's that Bruno Fernandes missed a penalty. Oh, um yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. First of all, I don't know why the hell Ronaldo didn't take the penalty, and I don't give a shit. And second of all, I'm so happy that Bruno was the one to miss the penalty. I mean, how how lovely is it to see that goblin cry? <laughs> yeah, re- really, really baffling decision to let him take the penalty. I, I didn't understand. You've got probably the best penalty taker in the world on your yeah. team, and you're letting Bruno t- just crazy. <laughs> so bloody odd um but yeah it was it was so relieving to see him miss that penalty um you know man united has had a period of sustained pressure you know that the walls would have sort of come come crumbling down around uh, nuno as well after it was his absolutely hilarious handball which um you know retrospectively hilarious in the moment it was far from hilarious um <clears throat> And uh, yeah, it, it, I, I always love it when a penalty taker who does the stupid hop um, misses oh, the penalty. Oh, the hop. I hate the hop. And um, it makes it even better when it's Bruno Fernandes, who was awful on the day and um, also should have been sent off late, late on. Um, mm. So um, yeah, it, it felt very, very nice to see him play so awfully and also so nice to see Martin Erdegaard just outshine him so, so profoundly. Such an enemy oh, number yeah. ten, uh, as opposed Opposite to you know, just... the goal, goal assist, goal contribution merchant mm. that is um, Bruno Fernandez, who isn't really even that this season. He's just offering them absolutely nothing. Mm. I'll be really interested to see how he's just ten so Hag unlikable isn't handles he? him because he's—I don't even think he's a great footballer. Um, so well, yeah. his, I, he's so unlikable. Yeah. It's just. I, oh, I hate this right. new generation too with disingenuous leadership. It's not real. Just because you're screaming at your teammates does not mean you're a leader, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I think, you know, one of my good friends, Jason, is a United supporter gross. Um, and he <laughs> oh, yeah, even Jason. says, it, he's I like, I, I despise Bruno. He calls him Puno. Uh, Puno. And he's like, I despise Puno so much. And he's like furious about the new deal or whatever the heck's yeah, going on yeah. you know and yeah so i i just love it i'm gonna relish their yeah, tears did you, <laughs> did you see his interview oh i didn't i couldn't believe it was real what did he say no i, I did not I see just, his interview ju- oh oh my gosh facebook just texted me. <laughs> nice <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it was real what he was saying. Like, it was kind of mental. Have you not seen it? No, what did he say? I'm intrigued. I try not oh, to consume any United content. It. It was, 
Well, it was on Sky Sports, and everyone was just laughing about it on Twitter because <laughs> he basically went. They ba- he basically went. Oh yeah, everyone says I don't perform in big games, but I scored oh, a penalty yeah, yeah. That was last, year. last season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? He said he scored. He said he scored a penalty against Tottenham last season. But people say penalties don't count. <laughs> but if I hadn't scored that penalty, it would have ended at six nil instead of six <laughs> one. <laughs> that is not. That's real. Yeah. His just yeah. His justification for actually playing well in big games was scoring a penalty in a six one defeat to Spurs. <laughs> he is the most deluded freak on the planet. He's so self-centered. Oh, and then he said, um, he said, I may not have got goals and assists in these games, but my pass accuracy was good against Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. He so sounds like a, he sounds like that uh, yeah. that Mesut Ozil uh, fan account on Twitter, but for Bruno what, to himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is that is he Bruno? I him about eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. he's an idiot. Um, you know who's who's not an idiot though? That's a terrible transition. Um, Granit Xhaka, Rob. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on. Okay, what's up? Yeah, the penalty. Uh, it was a penalty course oh um, yeah Two, no, I, was, I was telling the, Rob the tension in that s- stadium oh, was I can like, imagine everyone Palpable. was like oh my god like we were all absolutely yeah. shitting and ourselves the like, this was quite a pivotal moment as well in our season yeah like if you could imagine they'd scored that turned the game around I think they may have gone on to win it like we were under the course mm. Ramsdale mm. made that great save they hit the post yeah, oh, um, yeah we were on the ropes if he'd scored that I think yeah, that is a huge moment. A matter of inches uh, could make a, all the difference for our season. But you've got we've got to mention the the celebrations after the penalty miss. <laughs> yeah, true. Up. Um, Odegaard and someone else behind yeah, Bruno Odegaard. just like screaming whilst he's got his head in his hands. Um, oh, just glorious! It was it was almost like Van Nistelrooy, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that famous Keown. Like getting in his face, it wasn't quite that, but well, and, it could have and like a similar, like, iconic yeah. uh, sort of nature to it. Um, come the end of the season, if it and if we end up getting top four, though it pains me to admit, Van Nistelrooy is actually like good. You know, <laughs> Bruno's fucking yeah. shit. Well, <laughs> yeah. Bruno? Yeah, mm. can't imagine but, United fans talking about Bruno in ten years. I'm uh, yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> Unless they continue I'm so... getting worse, which which I hope is the case. <laughs> In which, in I'm which case so... I'll probably be like nostalgic about the Bruno years. Oh God, it's <laughs> terrible. I'm so just, um, I'm so happy for Nuno though that that ball didn't go in the back of the net. Honestly, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the hell he was doing, and I was telling Rob in the PPC that I had my uh, cursor on flights uh, being booked to London just to go over there and punch him in his face. Um, because I have no idea what the hell he was doing. What? Because if you look back at it, I I can't remember who he was jumping against. I have no memory, but he was like, just basically pushing them in the face anyway. So it was like, so are you trying to, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know about the sort of dynamics of jumping. I'd have to ask like some gymnastics expert or something. <laughs> Shit, but I'm Next not guest. sure you need your arm out there mm. to go up like that. Yeah, it's like he, he was trying to jump for a. Was quite clumsy. He was really clumsy. He got a bit unlucky as well because the ball was sort of like ricocheting back and forth, 
like uh, the initial header mm. it didn't actually but hit still his arm, but what is his arm doing put his arm there? in a stupid position he is a, well obviously there's there is an element clown. of un- unluckiness yeah this fortune but yeah. it's still yeah it's still like just a bad place to place your arm 100 percent. but it doesn't matter rob because jaka sealed it um he did. a shaka boom Right, uh, just not too long after that really candid interview that he had, that everybody loved, um, mm. and going to celebrate and blow. Max piece, exactly, yeah. great piece. Check it out. Um, and Jaka going blowing smooches. Who'd have thought? Yeah. At the Arsenal faithful, given the little, the little heart hand symbol thingy, um, and yeah, man, I, I just Jaka hates Manchester United. Maybe he hates him almost as much as me. <laughs> he does he, and he loves um, you know we discussed this in uh, the podcast the other day he seems to turn up in these in these big games especially he does um, you know at, at home especially he does really well you know uh, I can think that he plays well against Liverpool quite a lot as well I think at home um, yeah but yeah he really really turned up um, and god what a strike um, and his overall play yesterday as well you can't take anything away from that uh, I saw a tweet, I uh, can't remember who it was from, but it was just saying how when we've needed the extra 10% from, from Granite Shacker in the last couple of games without Thomas Partey's really started to offer that. And um, him and El Nenny are complementing each other really well. And Shacker's really taken the onus of, you know, being more expansive on the ball as well. It's it's, it's really good to see. And um, yeah. yeah, it just, it, it felt like a, a, such a powerful moment, him not only smacking the shit out of the ball, but, you know, sort of uniting with, with the fans in a really sort of emotional moment. Um, you know, I think one that will, mm. if we do end up getting top four, that we'll really reflect on and, and think, wow, that that was so crucial. And, it, it, you know, it's sort of, um, it, it's quite nice that such a div- uh, divisive player has sort of could, in fact, play such a crucial role in, in what will be... Um, you know, a, 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 perhaps a, a hugely successful season for Arsenal, and you know, a bit, a bit of sweet justice for him as well because of how much stick he gets, and it sort of reflects his importance to the team. That the importance of that goal, really. Yeah, I mean, mm. you know, if those those Liverpool tune a lot, by the way. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. Uh, we expected that, but um, really yeah, Everton suck. Lol. Oh, he loves he loves Everton. I saw someone tweet the other day that Origi's like the opposite of holding. Like you, you bring you bring him on because he'll inevitably score. Whereas you know, if uh, you bring on holding, you inevitably won't concede. Yeah, yeah. We need to see holding come on at the same time. Oh, as yeah. Oh, that needs to be an experiment. Maybe next season the world the, uh, just explodes. AC Milan. I think he's going there yeah. to AC Milan. <laughs> yeah. Nice, interesting stuff. Well, I mean, That's the, the scenes with <laughs> yes, <I've... laughs> hey, holding in Milan would be crazy, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost wonder how. Be like how we fare there. impact subs for Milan. Bring him on, and Origi. You've got a one goal lead. You know it's ending in a two. True, two nil. Our plan B the central most notorious double sub combo. <laughs> Holding Origi, I'm holding and yeah, but they only Origi. they only come on like ten times in a season. But it's yeah, true. When they That's, do, yeah. Mm. But yeah, man. Those anyway. Back to Jaka. Um, those those Jaka scenes. Yeah. I mean, that 
there, those scenes of him, you know, reuniting with the fans and just the entire team too. You could tell the, how good the chemistry is between the squad and mm-hmm. that will be, you know, instrumental in getting us top four. And, and, and I just, I'm so, so happy to see it, man. It's just been a while, you know, things have been gross mm-hmm. and toxic and divided over the past few years. And now under Arteta, say what you want about the guy. Um, he's not perfect, but no one is. But he's got this team unified, and the fans are on board. The fans are chanting the manager's name, and and, mm-hmm. and we love to see it, you know. Um, it's really good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a big moment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I talked about the, the significance of the Bruno penalty miss, but this is equally as important I'd say we were just incredible after I'm, the goal I'm not, I'm not gonna say we yeah I'm not gonna say we would we definitely wouldn't have won the game if Shaq hadn't scored that goal but I think we'd still you know still ropey mm. and you know you know you never know with a one goal lead they might have just not won in um and taken the two points away from us and you know that could have been as we said devastating for our hopes of getting in the sort of four it'd still be like in the balance but you know two points more is is you know, makes a huge difference. And yeah. yeah, it could be another symbolic moment. Um, I sort of think it almost does complete the full circle of Shaka's revival after that infamous Palace moment. You know, it, there's there's been a revival since then, but I think this almost entirely completes it. You know, you think back to that Palace game where he was, you know, telling the fans to fuck off, obviously, and he was it was so, so ostracised from the fan base, so alienated. Mm. Um and we were, we saw him as a player that needed to be dropped to that point. He wasn't playing well, and he's completely, you know, gone full circle to the point where he's probably our most senior player in the team, and he's produced a very, very big moment there. Sign of a, of le- a leadership uh, to produce that moment, and you know he's been pivotal to our team in the last yeah. few weeks he's probably the first name on the team sheet Sign of quality next week as well. alongside maybe Saka and Odegaard exactly um yeah what a strike like I was right behind oh yeah it. I was so fierce. as soon as he hit it I I knew it was in because I could see the the direction of the ball was traveling because it was so straight mm. the way it was hit I, I could see it was instantly going right in that corner I was like I don't think Gehe is going to hit the reach this because of the pace on it so I was like as soon as he hit it I was like basically celebrating and yeah as you were talking about there Daniel the limbs um in that away end and the vibes throughout the game um despite you know the three defeats in a row look how great the fans were at Chelsea even before we started winning that game the the atmosphere was brilliant in this game um and it was brilliant at the Tollington after you're right it's just it's a great atmosphere at the moment it's a great spirit around the club the fans are all on board with this you know obviously there are um fans online who like to be inherently negative i'm not going to give them traction but most the majority of fans within the stadium are you know they're backing this process even if you know even if you do have queries about arteta um, in the long run, which we spoke about in on the last podcast, how we we're all quite ambivalent. I think we can all we all want him to succeed, mm. and we all we all like the 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 project. Um, whereas I think you do have some people who 
may have queries and reasonable queries, um, but then they just don't want him to succeed for whatever reason because they want to be proven right. Mm. Um, which is just that is the definition of toxicity for me. Yes, um, you just want uh, you want it you want things to go wrong so you can prove your the agenda you always had was correct. Which is just yeah, that's terrible. But the good fans in the stadium were they were brilliant, and the the, the atmosphere, the chant for Mikel Arteta was brilliant. Um, Saka Smith Rowe was ringing out full time and yeah we saw it out like perfectly after Holding came on I think as soon as Holding came on or even after the third goal I can't remember them having no. anything like we completely suppressed like, they looked deflated they, yeah. we just saw it out the ooze came out the the whiz it was sick yeah it was a great day. It was. It was. Uh, was there anything else y'all wanted to talk about about the game, or do you want to get into? I figured we could do like the last eight minutes or so of uh, maybe some transfer rumors that have emerged. Yeah, I have yeah. A maybe talk briefly about West Ham as well. Yeah. Um, I just want to say on Nuno. Um, I just. Yeah, we've touched on it, but I just think he's a mental player. <laughs> Crazy. Um, he is. He's he's fun. Let's be honest. He is. He's really fun. He scored right. a goal he, against he, Manchester he, United. I mean, he scored a goal, and he had some like good attacking moments, really. But just some of the stats, are just fucking like he had more shots than like any other player for us, except for Bukayo Saka. I think <laughs> um, he had more touches. He had more touches in the opposition box than any other Arsenal player aside from Bakaro Saka. Um, you know, he's he's mental. He he made tackles and interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Like he was very involved defensively. He just was he did have some very scary moments. Um But I uh, someone I, this is a very good comparison that I saw. Um actually it was Arsblog in his player ratings on, on Arsblog. Andrew, he oh, said yeah, he them. compared him to Emmanuel and Boué. Yeah, yeah. Um and you really can see that. And the problem with Abue was he had the physical profile. He, he 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 was a really like he had a lot going for him um technically and physically. What he didn't have was um good defensive coaching to iron out these these erraticisms in his game and the mm. the sort of rawness to his game. He he never really got that, you know. And hopefully Tavares can be different and he can be moulded into a, a very good left-back because he has the profile for me, um, as Rob said last week again after the Chelsea game. But yeah, that was my comment on Tavares. Mm. I don't think I have really anything else. I thought White and Gabriel were both decent, apart from that Gabriel moment. I thought White was poor on the ball. El Nenny was, was, you know, decent. Um, brought that composure. Actually, another thing. Uh, I had a look at our stats. Everyone passed, literally everyone was passing at a really high rate. Like we were really good at keeping the ball in this game, mm-hmm. except our fullbacks who were like down in the low 70s, high oh, 60s percentages, um, which just shows you they were like United pressed them and they just couldn't cope. And they weren't, the, they were not doing like ambitious uh, crosses or anything no. of the sort either. They were just poor. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. They, they, had bad games well, on no, the ball. Just, you know, just on ambitious crosses, that's something that just ha- someone has to tell Cedric to stop crossing the ball. Because, like, I don't know if you can hear my <laughs> angst right now, but it again, it, it just results in turnovers every time. It's just giveaways. Lay it back to him, and you know, 
it's all about sustaining pressure in this in this Arsenal team at the moment. And oh, it's just so frustrating his awful crosses. And I'm sorry, whoever has decided he needs to take set pieces, Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's a, there's a big problem there. Yeah. Whoever thinks that man is a better corner taker than Emil Smith Rowe, Jesus. Yeah. Or Odegaard or Saka yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Come on. Ridiculous. I agree. I agree. Um, that's enough of that, though. I think let's talk about. Okay, let's talk about West Ham yeah. for a couple of minutes. Eddie Prestwell. Ed- yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I thought that's play nicely yeah. as well. Actually, he uh-huh. offers something different in his link play. Just just in He's... the fact that. You know, there's nothing wrong with one-touch mm. link play as long as you use it in the right moments. Well, I think we'll get into this on when we talk briefly about West Ham in a minute. But like Max said, uh, Arthur Chelsea, in these games which are a bit more expensive, mm. a bit more chaotic, it suits him because he can take that first touch that takes him two yards back to his own Mac goal. Mac really like, hit the nail on the head with defender. that. Yeah. Mm. He really did. Like it when it comes to more close quarters, tighter games, I think we'll we'll begin to question some of his hold up play. But yeah, in, in the last two games it's actually suited us. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, there was one instance in particular where I just thought back to Max saying that on the pod and um, I, I, it was pretty early on in the match, but it was and Ketia got the ball and he took a touch and it quite literally took him back two yards. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it happens yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah, that, that is true. I said this first, like a year or so ago, uh-huh. when uh, Anketia was playing and Balogun was coming off the bench quite a bit in the Europa League group stage, and you instantly saw Balogun could pin a defender, whereas Anketia has to get the ball and bring it further back to get away from the defender, and it just it slows the attack down. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so Rob, does he play against West Ham? And Ketia, and how are you feeling ahead of that match? I mean, obviously, they're a little bit gaunt at the back, as we were just saying, and they're all their eggs are in the Europa League basket. Um, yeah, I checked onto the uh, the group chat, uh, the writers' group chat, just before we recorded that you know they're they're only going to have one. Uh, no, they're not even going to have any central defenders available to them because uh, Gray Dawson got sent off against Chelsea today. Um, how I'm feeling, I, you know. There's a there's a feeling of, of confidence in the fan base just purely because um, you know West Ham have these Europa massive Europa League games against Frankfurt, which obviously they're going to prioritise. Uh, they're probably going to rest players against us. Uh, they even rested against Chelsea today before the game. You know they had Yarmolenko up top instead of Antonio, and Declan Rice didn't start the match. Mm. So yeah, I think uh, it's right to feel to feel confident heading into this one. Um, as for Eddie, uh, I think it would be really harsh to drop him, even though perhaps just in terms of the, the physical battles. Mind you, they won't have their, their key centre-halves, but they are a physical side. Um, you know, Lacquer might be a tad better suited to it, but I would stick with Eddie just because I, I, I just don't think he deserves to be dropped. And I think he also deserves mm. this run in the team because he's he's showing that he does have qualities which, which are, are useful to the side. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would stick with Eddie ne- um, next week. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, he's in good form, and yeah, he didn't score against United, but I think his overall performance was a positive one, and it would be incredibly harsh to to drop him, especially for Lacazette, who's not been good at all by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Alfie, what about what about El Neni? Mm. I mean, El Neni's come in for the past couple yeah. games and has put in really solid mm. shifts in both. Yeah, so I would agree with 
the Nketiah thing, um, even if what I just said before that made me seem like Lacazette might be better suited. But, you know, I think he, yeah, he, he should start and, you know, if it gets to the 60 or 60 odd minutes and it's not working, you can change it. Mm. El Nenny, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball and say he shouldn't start against okay. West Ham. Um, well, they have no central defenders. For so. me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the reason for me is that he, so he, he was really good in these games because we were playing big like very good teams who, or you know, United aren't a very good team, but you know what I mean? Mm. Teams that um, will look to push high up the pitch and it won't be us dominating possession. Like we did have, we did narrowly uh, out possession United, but that was mainly in the closing stages. I think we over we overtook them. They did have quite a lot of the ball and so did Chelsea. I had a lot more of the ball than us. And it was, you know, we weren't overwhelming the, the team in either, in either game. We weren't overwhelming the team that was like dominating possession and territory and, you know, ha- having to take the initiative. Whereas against West Ham, which which is why Elneny was good because he brought composure on the ball and he brought technical security and, we, you know, he didn't lose the ball. And he did some good defensive work. Against West Ham, I imagine particularly a very tired West Ham that may rotate as well, as Rob said, with some weaker players. I think it is going to be more about us taking the initiative, us dominating the ball and territory. And I think that calls for a player who is more progressive in his passing, which is Sambi Lukonga, El Neni. We know he will keep the ball, but we need more than that when we're going to be dominating a game. And there's not going to be as much pressure on the two central midfielders to to sort of keep it moving and and keep the ball rather than progressing us up the pitch which is why I'd I'd be tempted to play Sambi Lukonga again because I don't think El Neni as as much as he did well in keeping the ball and you know protecting the back four I don't think he his progressive passing numbers weren't particularly great in either game like he wasn't getting us up the pitch uh, either that or carrying us up the pitch with with ball carrying so I'd be, I'd favour Sambi Lukonga coming in. I, w- I obviously wouldn't be like that annoyed. Like I would understand if Elneny, because of a meritocracy, you want you to keep playing players who have played well. But personally, from a tactical perspective, I'd be looking at starting Lukonga. I, I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, we're going to have, mm. you know, the license to create chances in this match um, because I don't foresee them attacking us in an aggressive way, like you were saying. So yeah, Lukonga for me as well. Maybe harsh on Elneny, but it is what it is, man. We got to do whatever we can to get that top four place. Uh, Rob, Spurs are going to be playing Leicester. Basically, you know, they suck too, yeah. <laughs> Leicester. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a shit fest, that match, because Spurs have been really, really poor, but they're playing against a Leicester side that's really bad. So... Yeah. On the on the beach, yeah. on the beach. So they're they also give a shit. probably concentrating on the conference league <laughs> exactly because that's their only way back into the Europa. So league. there you go. I mean, so Rob, yeah. basically, the onus is not just going to be on us to attack West Ham. The onus is going to be on us to win because I would imagine Spurs will probably beat Leicester yeah, despite yeah. their poor form. Um, so this is a must-win yet again. Yeah, I, I I always prefer playing first and then setting the tone. Um, so I, th- I, th- I suppose I'll play them before us, aren't they, next week? 
Um, so uh, they'll both be on Sunday, won't it? Yeah, not sure actually. They play Sunday at nine a.m. Well, they're both our time. both Leicester and West Ham are Thursday. Oh yeah, games. we're two and a half hours after them. We're at four thirty, yep. so the, their result will be fresh in our players' oh, minds. Oh yeah. Um, yep. You know, it's which good, is good and bad. Good and bad, yeah. I know it's impossible, mm. but you, you wonder if maybe them not knowing the result might be better. But then also at the same time, if they win, there, there needs to be that that sort of motivate that that could offer motivation for the players. But you know, it's an interesting one. I I don't think it will make like no, a huge no. difference to it. Like I think we'll play our football. We'll concentrate on us. We're not looking at other teams yeah, and that, and that, at the moment. Like obviously, Mikel! we'll have an eye on it. That but... is a good thing about this Arsenal squad. It's <laughs> like a coach. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem to be razor focused. Yeah, but still, no. But I get... um, we play our game and we're not like, focused on the I think other teams. Right. I think the players. Yeah, I, I think the players won't like they're playing their game. They they'll play their football. Like, I think if West yeah. Ham are depleted, I, it obviously it adds like me. a maybe an undercurrent of yeah, pressure. I think a big thing for me if West Ham really are depleted is to try and score a few goals just because uh, it mm. could be so tight at the end of the season. I know we're a little bit behind on goal difference at the mm. moment, um, but if we could just improve that a tad, it, it, it would be really, really beneficial for us. Um, so, yeah, I hope that we can, mm. or, or, of course, first and foremost, win, but if we could win by a few goals, it would be so, so good. Uh, and for confidence as well, just heading There's into There's a bit the, of hope for Leicester. There is a tad, um, but... Like the the blueprint has been set by yep, Graham true. Potter, uh, but of how to get the better of this. I don't know how it took. Hopefully, Brendan Rodgers will see that. But Tottenham. I don't know how it took so long for people to figure yeah. that out. But Leicester at the same time have very horrible <laughs> defenders, uh, apart from Fafana. Yes, um, yeah. they have been terrible defenders. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll wait and see. But I don't personally think there's much hope for Leicester next week. I, I can only see a Spurs win. It's a shame that they're playing Leicester because anyone else mm. would probably give them a, a good good battle. I like the fact yeah, Burnley are doing all right as well. well the, not not because I like Burnley, but just because Spurs are playing Burnley and they will offer a very low block against them. So hopefully they cause yes. a few few troubles mm. as well later on in the season. Hopefully. Well, um, the way I'm looking at it now is we've got West Ham and Leeds before the North London derby. They've got Leicester and Liverpool. That's, um, if we can win those two yeah. games, which is a big if, We'll be on 66 points if they go to Anfield and probably lose. You know, mm. who knows? They went to City. I don't one. know. Yeah. If that, yeah, they'll be on 61 points, points even if they us. beat Le- Leicester. Oh, that would be a big bold job. So we'll be going into the there. North London derby knowing we, if we win that North London derby, we have secured top four. And if we, even if we draw, we need a win from our last two. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Nervy. Like it could look really good going into that Northland derby, but a defeat would like throw everything. Oh my God. Up in the air again. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so yeah. tight. Yeah. Oh nervy, nervy, nervy into the season. Imagine we secure it. At, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> at new it stadium. Like our first title. game there with fans. Yeah. First win there. Yeah. Our first game there with fans is securing top four. Over Spurs. Oh, stop it. Oh. We can dream. We can dream. Um, you know what? We were going to talk about transfer links, but I think that's a really good way to go out. So we'll keep mm-hmm. it like that. How about that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have a 
an ECP yeah, I'm, I'm the week. available this week, so we'll wait and see. Mm. What? Well, Rob, maybe we'll have the traditional, like we had the traditional ACP yeah. this week. Maybe we'll have the traditional ECP. You can do a bit of transfer and stuff then. We'll all go to or, shit thereafter because I'm preview back at for West Ham. But yeah. a bit of consistency this yeah. week. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're good. We're happy to be back. We hope we can provide um, all you cool uncles some more, um, you know, consistent content. We've been very inconsistent this basically this whole season because our lives are just crazy, and uh, we want to, we want to, we want, we like making these, you know. And uh, it's pain in the ass though. We got other shit to do, but we'll, we'll do whatever we can. Um, so, yeah. We will keep going. We will keep going. Exactly. Don't worry. Don't worry. The show will go on. It just might take us eight years between every episode. Um, Alfredo, to draw it to a close, I, I suppose. can't wait for episode 420. I know. We all know what that means. <laughs> I mean, at our rate... At- one, 150 is the next drunk cast. Yes. We'll be 56 by the Actually, time. Actually, no. If we get top four, we've oh, got to do drunk cast. Yep, I agree too. Cast, yeah. <laughs> And no video this time, so we can actually post it. And then in a few years, when we're winning titles every year, we'll be like, what were we thinking? Just get drunk <laughs> after top four? Pathetic. No, but then it will be, be like a bender cast. It'll be like every episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we're nine points clear in October. Yeah. You heard it here first. Uh, let's hope. We're, we're, we're thinking ahead. Um Alfredo, what's your marketing opportunity of a lifetime, my dude? Uh, we love your Arsenal Dakota UK. <laughs> nice. Good man. The fearless leader, chief editor of the site. Shouting out the lovely site with the lovely writers and the lovely hashtag content. <laughs> um, yeah. Verse- Shout mm-hmm. uh the ads site. Yeah. Run ads. We're oh, now yeah. making We're money. Well. 25 cents an article. Yeah, watch out. Watch out. <laughs> um, Katrina Pate, it's your time to shine, buddy. Um, what we got for a marketing up? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to shout out uh, Alfie Kelshaw's interaction with Richard Keyes on Twitter. Um <laughs> <laughs> The, the the bumptious Brian boy has no time for Richard Keys and his uh, seeming apparent support for Manchester United. <laughs> He's basically told him to sort his life out mm. um, as Alfie. So uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that earlier on today. Go check it out on Twitter. He is a massive prick. <laughs> Who is that? I, don't, I I know the name, but I don't know the He's name. So, he was he was the Sky Sports like presenter, like the main guy who did all the he big looks games. Like Hasbulla. For a while, and then um, yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, I know that really guy. Does. Okay, he uh, yeah, he got um, he basically made some really sexist comments live on air about a woman linesman, a female linesman, um, with uh Andy Gray, mm. uh, and they both got kicked off yeah. Sky, and then so they're he, both like, in like Qatar now. I, there's something about him being, yeah, there's something about him being banned from the country or something. <laughs> And now he lives in Qatar. Yeah, so um, I might have to look that so up. Just, just, um, just for a bit more accuracy for my plug, Richard Keys tweets: 
Anyone know why this isn't a pen? He crawled into the box on all fours and then stopped Sancho's run. That's Cedric, of course. And then Alfie replies, look up the rules, mate. Something you should do with your general life as well. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know it's uh, Alfie's angry when he's actively defending Cedric as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I never thought I would see the day. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, I've just got um, some stuff. Keys left Sky Sports after making derogatory comments about female assistant <laughs> referee Sean Massey. Uh, his off-air comments about Massey and the fitness of women to officiate at football matches were recorded and leaked. Further clips were leaked showing co-presenter Andy Gray and Keys behaving in a sexist oh, manner. What dogs. Yeah. And then he left to go to Qatar. Where his yeah. uh, the unprogressive views are probably yes. more tolerant. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, regressive. Oh, you got smart guy. For, there you, you go. Got sat from Sky for they sexism. saw a really Welcome. sexist guy and were like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, we'll take him." He fits yeah. the profile. And he works for BN. Yeah. Who uh, I, I love BN Sports, but they notoriously pay very not very not good. Yeah, they notoriously pay very poorly. Um, wow. Well, apparently he's got a lucrative contract. Of course he does, because he's like a headliner, all this shit. It's like when, um, I think like the Qatar League, they like basically bought Mark Clattenburg, who was like a Premier League ref, and just pay him ridiculous amounts. (laughs) Crazy. Whereas all the like, all the Qatari refs were probably on like terrible wages. I wonder what Mark Clattenburg gets paid over there. I'm not sure he's on it anymore. I think he does like Amazon. He's like Amazon's... uh, Peter Walton, I think. Yeah, he is. He is. Well, he was good. He was actually a competent ref, and we could do with him just refing again. He was getting six hundred fifty grand a year. Probably fitter than John John Moss. Oh yeah, Yeah. John Moss. Six hundred fifty grand a year. Premier League ones get like a hundred. Fucking hell! How old is the bloke? Fucking hell! He's only 47. He should still be refing. You know what I said about uh, ref, refereeing salaries? They should raise yeah, them. Yeah, make it more in incentive. Yeah. That's my... It sounds dumb, but it makes it much more attractive mm. job, um, which may mean you get a greater pool of talent to choose from. I say talent quite loosely. <laughs> John Moss is only 51. God, that man has not aged well. Jesus. <laughs> he's 51 <laughs> my dad's like 54 and he looks yeah, significantly yeah. older Same than my dad, my dad. <laughs> I'm going to look up John Moss Wait, do you, did he ever look young that is the question do you mean hold on do you mean 51 years old or 51,000 pounds <laughs> <laughs> John Moss young oh no I genuinely I mean referee because you know I'm doing the I'm doing the whole internship thing right now, and the referees will like always warm up right in front of me before the game. <clears throat> and these dudes are all ripped, bro. <laughs> they're like doing push-ups and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, they're all huge. Joe Moss is never that um, young. Never. Joe Moss is fat, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't understand how. He's probably one of those ten-year-olds who looks about <laughs> <Yeah>. sixty. <laughs> Shout out me. They like dresses as a sixty-year-old. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, I should probably market something. Um, 
Yeah. Maybe John Moss is listening. Nutrisystem. No. Um, my marketing <laughs> opportunity of a lifetime is uh, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a repeat, and I'm gonna do the Vermont Green uh, Club that's that's coming up here in our mm. uh, I think it's fourth division of American Soccer USL League Two. I really like what they're doing. Um, they're trying to be the most environmentally conscientious club. Uh, in the world because our lovely sport can be very bad for our lovely earth. And I think it's about time that a club comes in and tries to help um, with all that shit. So check. So they're the, um, they're the American version of forest green, basically. Oh yes. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Um, Mm. They're run by a really great, great group of guys. Um, One of them, Patrick, my dog, Patrick Inferna is, uh, a content creator for the uh, Frankfurt club, the official club, not like a AFTV thing or anything like that. He's like a literal, like, you know, working for the team. Um, and he's a sweet guy, whole sweet crew, whole sweet team. Check them out. Seriously. You won't regret it. Um, and they've got this really cool thing going on actually where um, you can buy uh, it's obviously since it's lower ranked uh, football, it's pretty cheap, the tickets, but you can buy, a pair of season tickets for, I think it's $65 and actually give them to an unfortunate child that lives in the Vermont area. So they can go to all of the Vermont oh. games completely free of charge. Oh. So check them out. Nice. Great club. And I hope that I could work with them a little bit in the future. I like them. Um, but yeah, any way or Hemingways, as I would say, um, <clears throat> I think that's all for today. Alfie, I think you got something you've got to say, though. Oh, we need yes. a song. <laughs> and <laughs> I, um, do you guys remember the On Our Way song from FIFA? Uh, I think it's like FIFA 16. It goes like, we're on our way, we're on our way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on our way to the Champions League. So I think that would be a fitting way to bring us out. Oh, we've got to get it now. Or should I say, draw this, draw this bad boy to a close.